Welcome to Witch and Goddess. I'm your host, Patty Black. I'm a witch, a teacher, and priestess. Goddess devotion is an essential part of my craft, and many goddesses are my cohorts in magic. Each episode, we explore a different goddess, her lore, and how to connect with her energetically and magically. Welcome back. I'm glad you're here. Today's topic is seasonal. Yes, it's mid-December, but I'm not talking about winter solstice or Yule. I want to talk about shadow work. We've danced around it in several episodes, but today I'm going to dig in. Specifically, I want to share how valuable I found shadow work to be for witches and other magical practitioners. And I can't talk about shadow work without mentioning my favorite guide, Morgan Le Fay. Even though shadow work as a concept has been having a moment for several years now, There may be some of us who haven't really looked into it or don't have a clear idea of what it is. Let's face it, a lot of the language around this topic is lacking in detail. So if you'll indulge me, I'll share my explanation. It's rapidly gaining popularity in metaphysical communities, but shadow work is a concept that sprang from the idea of the shadow self, which was made famous by psychologist Carl Jung. It's a term that describes the unconscious parts of the personality that our conscious ego doesn't want to claim. So part of our personality that we wish or pretend isn't there. Jung believed that everyone has a shadow and that the less it is expressed in the individual's conscious life, the more troublesome it will be. Essentially, the shadow self is the less acceptable side of ourselves that we repress, hide, or try to ignore. Jung said, Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life, and you will call it fate. A common belief is that an unexplored shadow leads to all kinds of undesirable outcomes. Self-sabotage, destructive behavior, ruined relationships, career problems, troubles and patterns that we might never think could be caused by ourselves. As magical people, there's an extra consequence. Manifestation and magic. When we set an intention for a spell or other manifestation, it can be very important that we are fully on board with getting the outcome. The problem is your shadow doesn't always want the things that your daytime self wants and therefore pulls against that intention, which may cause failure after failure in your manifesting and spell work. So right now, if you're new to this, it might just sound like a vague and slightly spooky theory. And maybe even implausible. How could something as slippery as my repressed traits possibly wreck my relationships or other goals? That can't be happening. I get it. But if you want a peek at where your shadow may be at work in your life, I often pose this question. Are there any areas in your life where you feel somehow blocked? Like no matter how hard you work, no matter how well it seems to be going, it somehow gets fucked up and slips through your fingers. Have you ever suspected, even a little, that you might be sabotaging your goal or desire? I'll just leave that thought there. Anyway, if you're on board with the concept that the shadow can and does influence our lives, then you might be curious about where it comes from and what exactly it's made of. Well, all humans contain multitude of traits, behaviors, and desires. Agreed? And among these totally natural traits are kindness, capacity for love, sadness, selfishness, generosity, hate, 
jealousy, passion, joy, laziness, loneliness, lust, and on and on. And this might be where I lose you, but I really hope you'll be open to considering this. All of those traits, every one of them, are natural human traits. I would go so far as to say that they are all morally neutral, that none of them are inherently bad or evil, less desirable, troublesome in excess, sure, but not wrong, because there's a distinct difference between what we feel, desire, and think about, and what we actually do. There are so many things that society tells us are not acceptable. We get these messages from our parents, from peers, from media, and we definitely absorb and internalize them. Think of the phrase, you should be ashamed of yourself. Nobody ever says that in a neutral tone. It is always designed to stop an expression or action by placing shame on someone. We learn from those comments, even if it's said in a joking manner. It's a reminder that society doesn't approve of whatever was said or done. We hear, you shouldn't desire sex. Don't be lazy. Don't be bossy. You're too selfish. Don't be dramatic. Don't be proud. We could go on and on. The truth is that there's a very limited window of what society actually allows us to be. Our judgmental world often deems really common and useful traits as bad or wrong. There are certainly times when we need to be assertive or put ourselves first and so on. So we all end up feeling a lot of deep shame about natural and necessary parts of ourselves. A parent describing us as too needy may mean that we grow up to feel ashamed of our desire for attention. That's just one example. Another manifestation of the shadow is that we may project judgment of the shadow traits that we, quote, aren't allowed onto other people. Here's an example. If you've been taught that you shouldn't be lazy, then not only are you more likely to overwork or deny yourself proper rest, you may be very critical or resentful of the people in your life who prioritize rest or don't seem to work as hard as you do. Shadow says, because I'm not allowed to have this expression, neither should they. And then you find yourself really cranky or irritated whenever they're around. Pro tip, the people we find ourselves irrationally irritated by are some of our best shadow clues. They show us where to dig. And why are we digging? The idea of shadow work is acknowledging and accepting all parts of the psyche, what we call integration. Seeing those parts that you've rejected and denied, seeing why they're there, and learning how they may actually help you a bit. By acknowledging and honoring them, you gain access to a huge part of yourself and your personal power. I could really wax poetic about the breakthroughs that I've had with shadow work, but let me just share some of the ways that it's improved my life. It's reduced my self-sabotage. It gives me a deeper understanding of myself and my past. It has eliminated deeply troubling, recurring nightmares that I have had for decades. Shadow work enabled me to claim powerful personal traits that I'd been denying. It's helped me greatly on the path to healing from traumas. It's eliminated toxic personal patterns and improved my spells and manifestations. And every time I uncover a shadow trait and learn where it came from, I release another layer of shame that sometimes I didn't even know I was carrying. And damn it, it feels good. Shame is harmful to us. Shame kills our magic. 
When you begin to liberate yourself from shame, you start to see just how much we have all been functioning under its weight. So to recap, your shadow is a somewhat sentient part of yourself that's hidden. It's made of all of the parts of yourself that you've denied or consciously hidden and unhealed parts connected to trauma, sometimes long forgotten. If you believe that you're too bossy, squish that part of yourself and pretend she never existed. Deny, 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 and feel really ashamed whenever that part of yourself surfaces. If you never had a chance to acknowledge wounding from childhood, those parts don't disappear when you deny them. They kind of get shoved into the basement of your personality or a dark corner in the attic. And what you aren't looking at, what you pretend isn't there, it can grow and develop unwanted behaviors completely unchecked. Your shadow can sometimes act out in very surprising ways if it has been strongly repressed. Have you experienced trauma? Your shadow commonly takes on the role of protector. So whenever situations arise that resemble the traumatic experience, shadow goes to work doing whatever she can to get you out of that situation. Maybe she makes you call in sick or flake out at the last minute. Maybe your shadow holds a fear that you will be overworked or taken for granted if you get promoted. So she causes you to unexpectedly bomb an interview or call in sick when you know they're deciding who gets that promotion. Guess what? Shadow doesn't care if you seem flaky, bitchy, or unreliable. She thinks she's protecting you. And because we don't ever look at our shadows, they've got a whole life and show happening, pulling strings that we're not even aware of. So we're walking around with this whole other side of ourselves that can be very useful and powerful, and we're pretending it's not there. We are much more powerful, magically and practically, when we bring that shadow back into the main show and begin using its unique abilities and talents for the good of our whole being. That is shadow integration. So the goal is to come to a place where we can accept these traits as a part of ourselves that is not bad. And that's hard, right? Because we have had decades and generations that have told us over and over that certain things are just inherently wrong. Shadow work encourages us to begin looking at all behaviors without the lens of our programming. It encourages us to question things we've always accepted. We'll probably determine that some things are still wrong for us, but we might also be surprised that we decide some things that we've been told are terribly bad are actually morally neutral. Maybe these traits are more primal, wild, sexual. It might be a part that holds intense emotions or memories. It might even be wounded, but none of that equals bad or wrong. So by embracing and bringing these traits back into the whole self, we begin to eliminate instances of shadow acting out and self-sabotage. There is no trait that is wholly good or bad. All tendencies and character traits can be helpful and on the other end of the spectrum, harmful. Look at perfectionism or a strong work ethic. Those traits get a lot of praise, but if we can see into the lives of people affected by these so-called positive traits, many of them are racked with toxic self-pressure to perform and they work themselves into disease or worse sometimes. Now, have you ever caught yourself sabotaging your relationships, your goals, or desires? This is a common example of your shadow at work in your life. But it isn't the bad guy. Your shadow is a distinct part of yourself that's working very hard to keep you safe. 
especially from things that have hurt you in the past, and to fulfill desires that you're not aware that you have. An important part of shadow work is to eliminate shame, look at them without judgment, and try to understand what this part of yourself is trying to do. For the witch, your potential comes from realizing all of the power we have for manifestation and magic. Your shadow is a huge part of yourself that is divorced from you. That's potentially half of your personal power that you don't have access to. A huge chunk of your personal power that is actively working against your conscious desires. If we're spending tons of energy fighting a huge part of ourselves, we cannot reach that potential. Think about our favorite powerful characters in movies and TV. They may be leaders or very effective villains or queens. We see them sailing across the screen, taking care of business. They enforce boundaries like a boss. They are not wasting time and energy trying to be liked or popular. They don't worry about seeming bitchy or ambitious. They own those parts of themselves and use every bit of it. Those shadow traits are helpful and they are needed for full empowerment. I see Morgan Le Fay as a sort of early prototype for many of these characters. It's natural for her, because despite the fact that we know she's an ancient and benevolent goddess, she's most well known for her later incarnations as a literary character. When you see Morgan Le Fay depicted in modern retellings of King Arthur's story, or tales of knights fighting for good, know that she has been wearing the banner of the bad girl we love to hate since appearing in the Vulgate cycle in the 1200s. From that point on, she got up to all sorts of wayward adventures, including kidnapping and imprisoning knights, murderous plots, and bold entanglement with multiple lovers. She's noted for her unpredictable and dual nature, the potential for her to be both good and evil, just like spirits, just like humans, just like gods. I think it helps to explain our enduring fascination with her. Morgan Le Fay is unapologetically sexual and powerful, she is not well-behaved, or even particularly nice or likable, but she is a timeless depiction of the shadow. And I believe these depictions of her call to that part of ourselves, the half of us that's been locked away and denied expression. Morgan Le Fay is the bad witch, the female we've all been taught to fear and revile. And she has willingly worn this title and the smeared reputation that comes with it for nearly a thousand years. She has been calling to us, to our ancestors, for hundreds and hundreds of years, literally showing us in novels and movies and art that you can be troublesome and worthy. You can be horny and holy, spiritual and selfish. Morgan Le Fay, both in her lore and in my personal experiences with her, encourages us to not only explore our shadows, but to actively find the value in them, to bring them out of the dusty closets and engage with them. She's taught me and continues to show me how to embody my bad witch. Because if Morgan Le Fay can be a defiant, power-hungry sorceress and still be revered and worthy, then so the fuck can we. Think about this. How many of our favorite goddesses are depicted doing bad things in their myths, selfish things, weird, wrong things. A lot. And we do veritable mental gymnastics to explain it away, to continue to present them as not the bad guys. I know I've been doing that with this podcast. For over two years, I've been wrestling with trying to justify the misbehavior of these spirits I adore. 
when it finally occurred to me. Maybe there is no depiction, no story, tale, or version of their myths that the gods and goddesses don't approve of. As I experience these spirits, they certainly have the power to eliminate or silence a version that doesn't suit their purposes. Maybe they want it all told. Maybe they don't want us to whitewash those deeds and myths. Maybe they don't fucking care about this false good and bad duality that humans have invented. And what if we tried to switch to this perspective of neutrality? While shadow work can create a lot of positive transformation in your life, there are some things that it just can't do. Let's talk about what shadow work is not. It is not a replacement or substitute for a mental health professional. Shadow work has helped me to uncover things about myself that I didn't even know I needed to talk to a therapist about, but it doesn't replace one. If anything, shadow work has the potential to begin a long journey of healing on bigger issues and can sometimes bring up a desire to work with a mental health professional. Shadow work is not a replacement for medications and prescriptions. Those conversations and decisions should always be made with your health professionals. Shadow work is absolutely self-care, but it is not spa day self-care. It is not treat yourself self-care. It is the type of self-care that helps you to confront your most self-destructive behaviors. It holds a mirror to parts of yourself that you don't want to see. And it says, look, these moments are uncomfortable. And if you are in a shaky place emotionally or mentally, then you should wait on diving into shadow work. Shadow work is frequently uncomfortable, but it should not be painful or traumatizing. This is why we encourage working through the exercises slowly and mindfully with lots of self-love and gentleness. Shadow work does not make you responsible for abuse you may have suffered. It is not about letting your abusers off the hook or saying that you in any way attracted or manifested your trauma. Shadow work is about coming to accept and understand all of yourself. It is not about punishing yourself. It is not another reason to shame yourself. It's about a release from shame. And finally, shadow work is not a reason to justify your damaging or destructive behaviors. It's not about overindulging your shadow side, but it is about stopping the self-hatred and shame, coming to a place of understanding and accepting the behaviors or desires. Really, shadow work is not about stopping or starting any particular behaviors, but people often find that when we separate from the shame that's often attached, that high risk or destructive patterns are naturally lessened or we're able to replace them with better alternatives. In summary, when we accept that there are parts of ourselves that work against our conscious society accepted goals and desires, we can begin to uncover and understand these parts of ourselves. When we start working with and acknowledging our shadow, it stops working against us. Feel into the lessons it's trying to teach you to celebrate the ways that it has actually protected and helped you. And if the archetype of the bad witch is tugging at you, or if you want to learn more about Morgan Le Fay's shadow work magic, then I invite you to learn more about the magical group program for witches that I'm beginning in January. Morgan Le Fay knows the secret that our desires, our ambition, even our deepest, dirtiest thoughts are all worthy. And she knows the path to your complete magical empowerment runs right through bad witch territory. 
Morgan Le Fay's Bad Witch Revolution is a six-week program in which we will be connecting with the shape-shifting shadow goddess of Avalon to banish good girl conditioning using powerful rituals and somatic techniques to release shame and learning magical and practical ways to embody all of the powerful parts of ourselves. Morgana wants us to see the power in our so-called bad traits, and she wants to help you transform your shadows into your greatest strengths. This program includes six weeks in an intimate coven with myself and like-minded witches, five live Zoom learning and discussion sessions, original EFT tapping sessions, original spells, two live transformational group rituals, and a private mentorship session with me. You also get lifetime access to all recordings and content. You can find all of the details about Morgan Le Fay Bad Witch Revolution at blackbirdmagic.com. That's magic with a CK. And learn about the other ways to work with me. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, please give it a rating and review and tell your coven about it.